sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Tuesday, July 28th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, my main man, Kevin Walsh, live and direct, not from the basement, from a glorious home with a glorious banner, but we are still here every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m., putting the fun in functional sports content. And, Kev, I got to tell you something. You know, months ago, Kev, when we were going back and forth with our confidence meter and how baseball and basketball were different. You know, Kevin, we have arrived at the day where I am going to tell you that it is clear that the NBA and their approach so far has proven to absolutely be working in a more effective way than any other plan. It seems like bubbles are the way to go because, Kevin, after just four days, Major League Baseball literally has their nightmare scenario on their hands, right? The Miami Marlins players and coaches, we are in the double digits in terms of how many um, players, coaches from the Marlins are exposed and have tested positive for the virus. Now, you already probably know they were in Philadelphia. Kevin, they played a game on Sunday in Philadelphia with all of these test results pending that's the reason now that there is a ripple effect we heard that miami and baltimore had their game yesterday canceled had today's game canceled as well but when you think about it the new york yankees were supposed to come into philadelphia for a game last night in that same clubhouse playing against that same team with the same clubhouse attendance you know cleaning their cleats giving them massages this is a problem and you know i don't know if it's a little bit of an exaggeration But I expect this to continue to happen. And Major League Baseball, some people believe this season is now hanging in the balance, Kev. There's a lot that you have to try and unpack from yesterday. One of the things that I just could not help but start to think about is the fact that the first league that I remember talking about a bubble was a Major League Baseball. Was the idea of them going to Arizona around May and trying to have games all day. And that didn't pan out. And yesterday, Rob Manfred kind of said that he thinks that was the right decision, that it wasn't workable for the league. They have too much personnel. And the reason why that was a little bit off-putting is – I understand if he's like, listen, I just don't know if it was truly feasible for our league. But he was basically like, oh, it was the right call. Like the bubble was was the no bubble for us was the right call. And I'm not sure if that's great. And the reason why it's off putting is seemingly the decision of the Marlins to still play on text when sure (laughs) when like it pretty much obviously shouldn't have been made was just left up to the players where Rob Manfred seemingly 
didn't step in. And look, not right. to act as if this is entirely Rob Manfred's fault, but at the top, you would like to see a level of leadership. And it almost seems as if he's passed the buck to so far in every way. Yeah. Um, I hear you, Kevin, as we again welcome in our radio audience around the country here at Sports Grid, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh, putting the fun and functional sports content. You know, Kev, I, I hear you. I do, however, believe that it is less feasible for baseball to do a bubble approach than, say, the NBA, MLS and NHL. And I think there are a few reasons why, you know, all of those teams, you know, we're doing a tournament. They're not doing their entire regular season. It's a longer ask. You know, the baseball would be bringing all of their teams, you know, not just some of the teams. Remember, basketball and the NHL are not bringing the entire team. Baseball has larger rosters, right? Um, it would be a longer time. So I do think it would be harder and logistically less feasible. So I do believe that whether or not it's the right call or whether there was a different approach, you know, is still up for debate. I got to tell you something, though, Kev. Remember, you know, the country of Canada, right, and Toronto, they didn't want the Blue Jays playing for this exact reason. They didn't want teams of American athletes coming in and out. And what do you know, right away in less than a week, Kev, you know, we have this outbreak. I don't know. Here's my question for you. Why was Sunday's game played in Philadelphia when they already knew there were three or four positive tests? There were already other tests in process. When it's in process, the risk is there. Are we going to be able to do this, Kev, you know, testing every other day or having teams continue to get on planes and travel around this country? Yeah, I think the reason why it was played is it was left up to the players, and seemingly they felt as if, oh, well, you know, uh, ah, keep keep fighting, keep pushing, keep keep getting after these games, which is not a realistic approach. And we've we've talked about this before, right, Dane? There is still the um, idea that some people have towards this virus that, oh, well, it's not going to be me. Right. Right. And despite the fact that some of those uh, guys had already seen their teammates test positive, perhaps that was still their mentality. And ultimately, there, there's no doubt about it that the wrong decision was made to play that game. Ultimately, and I know we're going to continue to talk about yeah. this here. Um, I am not sure if this is the quote unquote nail in the coffin, though, that others might believe it is. Yeah, you know, we've always said it, Kevin. We believe these lily leagues are going to grin and bear it because they know now that they've gone down this path, what kind of look would it be to throw up their hands and say, we couldn't do it. We will talk about it more. We are off and running right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line here on Sports Grid. Kevin Walsh and Dane Martinez. 
Diving into all the repercussions, all the ripple effects, all the open questions that still remain after the Miami Marlins have had an outbreak of COVID-19 among their team while they were in Philadelphia and they played a game on Sunday while a lot of these tests were in process, while three or four of their players were already having tested positive and it was something of a known issue. Kevin, let's get into some of the ripple effects here in scheduling, right? Because Literally, you got to think about this, Kev. There are now, you know, 11, 12, 13 members of the Marlins who are in their hotel room in Philadelphia and can't do anything else about it. You know what I mean? They can't yeah. rejoin the team. They have to self-isolate. They have coronavirus, right? So what happens now, and remember, Kev, every team, this is why we had that 60-man roster. This is why we have that taxi squad, okay? But Kev, we're talking mm -hmm. about a third of the team, right? There was a 30-man roster. It's something like 11 or 12 players, right? When you have to call up 10, 11, 12, a third of the taxi squad, what does that mean to you for competitive balance, Kevin? I mean, the Marlins, a lot of people thought were an also-ran team. We didn't expect much of anyway. But now, you know, they're even further compromised. There was a piece in the kind of rules where Rob Manfred could relocate a team or kind of kick a team out if it affected competitive balance to the point where they weren't able to really field a competitive team. Are we there? Is this really Major League Baseball? Are the Marlins a Major League Baseball team right now? To be honest with you, I think people might have been asking that question before the season started. And I think that might be a I think that is a part of this equation to a degree, right? Yeah. Is not a lot of people could tell you many of the guys on the opening day roster for the Marlins. And obviously, if you're going to switch that out for um, lesser known minor league talent, that's going to remain true. I think that this, the idea of competitive balance, I mean, look, obviously, when you're going to be without, you know, over a third of your opening day roster, that, that puts you at a significant disadvantage. Um, I think it would be up to Rob Manfred, and I don't know if it's a ridiculous question, but I think he might provide what some would feel would to be a ridiculous answer, is does having to go to your taxi squad, that 60-man right. roster, all of a sudden mean that it's a lack of competitive balance, or is it putting, uh, you know, does it make your depth matter more? I, I'm not, again, and, and I know for some people, like, how could you argue, I'm just, I'm just telling you, like, Based on what we've seen from them, I think there's a world where they tell you that uh, it, it puts the stress on the depth. Obviously, this is a massive blow to the Marlins, who we've kind of oh, yeah. talked about the idea of a team surprising, right? I mean, they got off to a 2-1 start, looked all right against the Phillies. Offense, um, you know, had a big day. Sandy Alcantara maybe making sure. a case to be an ace uh, in that division. I just think um, the idea of competitive balance, has it been impacted? Yeah, I don't think you could really argue that. To the point where they go, okay, we have to close the whole league down? I do not think so. Okay, fair enough. Let's get people caught up as well on some of the logistical details that this presents. Right, Kev? Because remember, um, Baltimore, the Orioles, were down there in Miami. Okay, they were ready to play the game against these Marlins. It was the Marlins that couldn't travel down from Philadelphia. So then at some point yesterday, Kev, the Orioles decide, wait a second, we ain't playing here. We out. OK, we don't need to stay in the state of Florida that is spiking with this virus. So they are going back to Baltimore. And in a quirk of the schedule, Kev, these two teams are supposed to play kind of like the home and home. You know what I mean? So these two teams were going to play in Baltimore on Wednesday and mm. Thursday. And that is part of the fix for Major League Baseball. Right. The Orioles are going back to Baltimore. The uh, 
available Marlins are going to go meet them in Baltimore. And we have a similar thing because the Yankees and Phillies were also postponed yesterday. You know, the Yankees don't want to come into that environment, which was obviously a very high risk environment and being in contact with people who were in contact with people who have tested positive for the virus. So the Yankees and Phillies are doing similar things. And Kev, you know, I think this just brings up again, the fluidity of the major league baseball schedule. Like, We're going to have to be open to this, right? We may see the Yankees and the Phillies playing in Yankee Stadium with the Phillies being the home team. We may have to accept that as baseball fans this season. Oh, I think the fact that the Blue Jays don't play home game until August 11th. I mean, I had already come to terms um, with that idea. I think the thing that baseball does have working in its favor is doubleheaders are commonplace. Right. Yes. And I think we almost expected doubleheaders to be normalized in this truncated season. We're getting a doubleheader today because of right. rain. Right. And that's the thing is rain is also going to play a factor. Now, I think a fair question, will every single team play 60 games? I think that's a fair question. Yeah. Maybe maybe when we get towards the back end and if we take a look right and the Marlins are as bad as people expect them to be. Right. And we go, look, they've played 57 games. We're not making up these other three. That would not surprise me if that ended up being the case here. I think the other thing that at the moment does work, if something is working in baseball's favor, is with this happening so early on, I remember back when Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID. And what happened was then people started kind of doing the web. They played Team right. Y, who played Team Z, who played Team yep. A, who played Contact Team tracing. <laughs> right, and you're like, oh, that's 25 teams that could potentially, right? Whereas now mm-hmm. for me, baseball, it, it doesn't span that far. There, People are trying to figure out where did this come from. Did it have to do with a scrimmage game with the Atlanta Braves? And it's tough to say right now the Atlanta Braves look okay. If that's the case, and all of a sudden there's a Braves breakout, which then yeah. leads to a Mets breakout, which leads to... But that, from what we can tell, this right now seems like it has to do with the Marlins. We're pending results for the Phillies, and those would be the two teams. The fact that there right now is not a you know massive web that connects 50% of baseball is right now a good thing, obviously, for this league. It is, but at the same time, we've got teams traveling around this country, and one of the points I've made for months Kevin here is that, you know, out in Europe, the Bundesliga was able to play because Germany had taken care of the virus and where their curve was. Right. It only took four days, Kevin, for there to be an outbreak in Major League Baseball. And to think that, like, this is going to be the only one, I think, would be a little naive, Kev, because remember, the virus isn't necessarily changing in other parts of this country. And unlike the NBA bubble or an NHL bubble or an MLS bubble, which, Kevin, I am giving you credit, has proven so far to be effective, you know, the risk out there remains and is only getting worse. And we're just going to continue to go through it. And, Kev, that brings me to our poll question today at sports grid at spit and speeds at the kevin walsh the question is quite frankly do you think or how will major league baseball finish their season like yes they're gonna finish it no they won't no they won't or an option kev that brings up this kind of fluidity that i spoke about right maybe they'll finish it 
but night with all 30 teams. Maybe they'll finish it, but some teams will play 60 games. Some teams will play 58 games. Some teams will play 52 games. And we're going to have to compare standings like that. And I'm reminded, Kev, our friends at FanDuel, right, when we talk about win-loss totals, when we talk about division odds, you know, I think they still say we must play 59 games for there to be mm-hmm. action, right? And we always like, oh, 60 game season, that makes sense. That's that little, little footnote. Kev, that's a real risk right now. I truly believe that not all 30 teams will play all 60 games. How do you treat that in the futures market? Oh, I mean, in the futures market, obviously, I mean, you're not going to probably see the win total bets cash unless, you know, and that's kind of the give and take that we saw a little bit with some of these, like, you know, for example, the Grizzlies went over without playing the full uh, 82 right. game schedule, right? So I think, you know, it'll depend on does it factor in where, you know, if a team only plays 50 games, they were on pace, but they don't get there, then no, you're probably looking at a void bet. I, right now, though, still think we might see this season, and I think we we see it with all 30 teams. Okay. <sighs> When you look at this from where we are right now, this is it's obviously an awful look for baseball, right? Sure. With that being said, the biggest mistake that happened was them going blindly into this game on Sunday, right? And yeah, I don't know I do not know how they needed a wake up call. I do not know what is going on that that was necessary. But I would be floored, Dane, if something like this happened again, where they did not take every necessary precaution if they see, okay, we are pending tests, we've got a few positives, we need to wait. I would be floored to see them act this careless again. And the one thing is, I, as much as from, you know, again, from we're trying to figure this out and the, tra- the nature of the travel that baseball has put themselves uh, or is a going with, right, is a dangerous one, especially considering the way the country is around it. Uh-huh, it is not, yeah. you know, incredibly safe to travel. But if their testing remains regular, which it is supposed to be, and it remains accurate, and they do not make a very careless decision as they did in this instance with this Marlins game, as of right now, I still think we see a finish to this baseball season. Let me push back on you for one detail here, Kev. Okay. Remembering Chris Bryant in summer camp was talking about the time it took to process these tests, right? And even if they test every other day or every day, Kev, there is a lag time. There just is, right? They're not getting these results in 10 minutes, you know? So mm-hmm. how do you then... You know, we, we're seeing two-game series, right? Like, teams have to play two games, then go to another city, then go to another city. When, by definition, there is this kind of lag, are the precautions that they need to take, which I agree with you, they need to take these precautions, are they feasible given the baseball schedule? You got teams that are going to have to travel to another city with test results pending. We have this sprint going on. We were all talking about how exciting it was, right, for a little while from the actual on-the-field stuff. We're going to have 60 games in, like, 66 days. What happens when doubleheaders start getting postponed and we start backing up in that way, whether it's rain or, you know, pending results? We can't do it out of an abundance of caution, right? Like, I wonder if what you're describing, the, the, the testing that needs to happen, 
the kind of mm-hmm. uh, getting it back in an efficient manner that needs to happen yeah. for people to truly be cleared day by day. I just don't know if it's feasible every single day. They're like testing every other day. There's going to be travel involved. They have to continue with what they need to do when some of this is still unknown. Yeah, look, again, it's, it's, there's, a, there's obviously a lot of risk that's involved with everything that they are doing. But, you know, they are continuing to do that testing. The results initially, right, the ones that Chris Bryan had uh, talked about, were seemingly far behind what these normal testing procedures are, right? Okay. It seems as if the NBA's uh, gets, you know, their results within 24 hours. And I can't imagine, you know, a world where baseball is not getting their results within 24 yeah. hours. We've seen, you know, the Marlins did not travel back home. I think they might still technically be in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. Um, they're, going from, they're going to Baltimore to meet the Orioles there. Right. So, like, they're not going to, like, teams are going to have to wait on their results. Diligence. And that's the thing. You can't possibly look at this situation and just proceed the way that you were. And maybe it's silly to think that that's not going to happen. Maybe baseball's going to be like, eh, well, I don't know, that's the Marlins. Yeah, it's not us. <laughs> uh, maybe. Right. But that would be, I mean, that would be such a gigantic mistake when you consider the fact that the Yankees didn't play yesterday because of right. this situation, right? You can't think that this might not have an impact on you. And I'll even throw this out because there obviously is going to be a, 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 a potential for there to be us going into that last uh, week of the regular season, and maybe teams are a little bit off balance, a combination of COVID or rain delays, where right. if they said, okay, we need one more week and then we'll get to our postseason, it wouldn't surprise me. We're dealing kind of in a situation here where I think all parties involved have to be understanding of what they're dealing with. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I think you are right. I think you are logical. I think you're speaking from a common sense public health and safety perspective, Ken. Like, yes, <laughs> you know, but the question is, is that what's actually going to happen when the demands of the day-by-day Major League Baseball schedule happen? They're going to be there. They're going to have to play the game. What if the test results aren't there? They're going to have to travel to the next city. What if the test results aren't there? It's very interesting, something we are going to see. One last question I want to ask you about. You said, you know, Major League Baseball might be like, eh, it's the Marlins. That's okay. Putting guys on their taxi squad from their taxi squad, eh, whatever. You mentioned, you know, people being hard-pressed to maybe name some of the Marlins anyway. And that is fair, okay? I remember about a week ago, Kev, when we reported the Elena Deladon story, the MVP of the WNBA, and I was a little bit skeptical, right, bringing my cynicism to it, being like the the level of stardom that she has was a factor in that decision from the WNBA. Deladon herself said that in interviews afterwards. You said, you know, this is the Marlins, right? Kev, the state of Florida is spiking in this country. You, you mentioned that the Marlins, it may have been a scrimmage game uh, with the Braves. Maybe. It could have also just been because they're in the damn state of Florida, <laughs> right? Um, the state of Texas is also spiking. What if this happens to the Houston Astro? The state of California is spiking. What, what happens when this happens to the Dodgers? You know, it's not like, Kevin, it's not like Walker Bueller's immune system is different than, you know, than Sandy Alcantara, necessarily. You know what I mean? So this threat remains. 
everywhere in the country, this high threat remains in a lot of places in the country. If you're a player on the Astros right now, on the Dodgers right now, on the Padres right now, if you're a player, Kevin, on the Miami Dolphins right now, what are you thinking? Does this change at all the equation for you? And if you personally are up for taking on this risk for the remainder of the season? Look, I, I think there's, again, there, it, that's not like a very simple thing to piece together because Fair. if the Astros were the first team that this happened to, well, then the Astros would be the first team. And I still don't think team number one was going to shut down the league, nor with the mm-hmm. Dodgers. Now, if all of those teams follow suit and we lose five teams, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, then we're looking at a much different league, right? We, they're not right. going to be able to, I don't think they're going to want to push forward then if all of a sudden they're you know, missing a sixth of the league, whatever it might be. Um, now, for these players, right, and there was obviously a lot of reporting yesterday about kind of the, the sense around the league. And I, I mean, look, you know, they said that they spoke with the Phillies about whether or not they wanted to play that game on Sunday. And seemingly the Phillies wanted to play as well. Is there now going to be more caution taken? I, I can't imagine a world where there isn't. And as far as the proximity of it, the fact that this happened to the Miami Marlins is, of course, going to be significant. Now, the series was not in Miami. And, you know, I'm not going to just push aside people kind of trying to trace it back to the situation with the Atlanta Braves um, and the fact that there was a positive test during the scrimmage game. And you might even say then that's a a decent sign that if you handle things accordingly, i.e. the Atlanta Braves, this doesn't have to lead to an outbreak. And if you don't handle it accordingly, i.e. the Marlins, it does lead to an outbreak. Maybe it had to do, though, when they potentially went to the airport to get to Philadelphia, right? You know, that's obviously what happens when you're dealing with a virus that you cannot see. I totally get all of that. I I just, again, I think right now, the way this has played out just very, very early on, baseball has the opportunity to go, wow, that was stupid. We were careless. Let's pivot. And then do that accordingly and still look to push forward on their season because now they should learn from this lesson and they don't have this spider web that connects 15 teams to the initial point of this outbreak. Yeah. I mean, this is true. I guess my, my, my concern, Kev, and why the, the confidence meter is low, Kev, is because, you know, this is like day four or five of the major league baseball season, right? So it didn't take long before we're in this, quasi doomsday scenario so much so kevin that right now 34 percent of our poll think that no major league baseball will not actually finish the season but we march on let's continue on and let's talk about some of the games that are in play because right now there is still a season there are still games to be played we have our radio audience back from around the country as well you mentioned the atlanta braves i don't know if they were the source of their patient zero or what have you but they were in tampa another florida city and they got boat raced yesterday hunter renfro homers twice the tampa bay rays beat them 14 to 5 and after the game they decided to DFA Mike Fultonevich. They sent him down. I guess he has the options. I was loving the, the power arm. This is one of the young power arms of the Braves, but it didn't happen. Tampa all over them. They play again tonight. 
with Chirinos on the hill for Tampa, right on the hill for the Braves. The Rays are minus 126 favorites going into this one. That, they really must have been, uh, I mean, listen, I understand Fulton Average got rocked, but in yeah. a year where we're talking about depth, right? Right. <laughs> like, oh, no, that's unforgivable. You are gone, sir. Find work elsewhere, not here on the Atlanta Braves. That was a bit jarring to right. me. If I were to, you know, as we're looking at this game, 640 uh, first pitch here, I'm interested in the Braves here at this plus 110 number. Um, a little bit of what goes around comes around, right? They beat the Mets 14 to one, beat up on them. They then lose 14 five, but this is still a Braves team then that I could see kind of, you know, getting their feet then back under them in this game here. And to some degree, this is a big spot to do it with Yanni Chirinos on the mound. When you consider this race staff and obviously, um, there's, there's the potential. I'm not sure if it's Charlie Morton who would be meant to pitch that, uh, Wednesday game, but I could see these Braves bats. I don't want to say waking up a bit. They put, they put five runs across, uh, you know, that's decent enough, but I, and I also then think this could lead to another high scoring affair. The total is nine. I'm not against going over that number at all. All right. Fair enough. Listen, we got another game going on. There's another team. Okay. The Cincinnati Reds Kev. you know, Mike Moustakis was like, eh. I'm not feeling too good. You know what I mean? And this is going to happen also. We have the Chicago White Sox manager feeling the same kind of way, right? If you got a little sniffles with the abundance of caution, it's going to be an issue. And I look to the Reds, Kev, because, you know, the Reds were one of these teams that, as you know, I was excited about. But they are not getting out of the gate well. You know, Kev, they they go down again last night, 8-7, to the Chicago Cubs. For the first few games of the season, their starters were doing good. They were giving up home runs at the end of the game. Well, I guess they did that again. Anthony Rizzo goes yard. The Cubs win 8-7. But this time, you know, the Cubs jumped all over the Reds and their starting pitching. They match up again today. But, Kev, I got to ask you, the Reds are now 1-3. They have gotten out of the gate slowly. Four games. That's one fifteenth of the season, a much bigger chunk than it ever was before. Are you pulling the alarm on this team just yet? So look, this is a terrible start. All of these right. games have been at home as well. And maybe we're still trying to figure out how much home field matters, but this is not the start that this is this team was looking for. However, they did start to show a little bit of life last night. They lost, they were down seven nothing through six. And then it was 8-1 after the top of the seventh. And they had this thing so much so to the point they actually, Dane, I was, I was, uh, I was up last night ch- checking out this game here. They were live favorites. 8-7, bases loaded, one out. They were live favorites to win this game. Now, they weren't able to do so. Where the game ends for a second day in a row with Joey Votto at the plate with the opportunity to either give this team the lead or tie the game against the Tigers, man on third, runners on the corners, one out, double play for Votto. That was against the Tigers. Then here right. against the Cubs, with two outs, bases loaded, 8-7. Only need a base hit, probably win that game, and he flies out to center. Joey Votto, the swing there of pretty much right now having to feel pretty down on himself versus you would think maybe being in a MVP-ish type of conversation. With all of that being said, though, I think they've got to have a little bit of confidence after seeing the bats wake up last night. And I think that the bullpen of the Cubs 
has to be feeling very poorly. Craig Kimbrell was a disaster when yeah. he entered that game for Chicago. I am not against buying back on the Reds at a decent price in their own building to prevent themselves from going one and four. All right, you're, you're, you're right. You know, it was Wade Miley who got hit up for the Reds. But like you said, I mean, Kimbrell not necessarily locking the door. The Reds were trying to come on back in the ninth. When we come back, I got another big-time starter who will not be towing the slab as a starter anymore in 2020. We talk about it and the impact on their team when we come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh putting the fun in functional sports content. Kev, the Texas Rangers are not really having much fun with their new prized offseason ace signing, Corey Kluber. Okay, remember, he left the start, uh, his first ever start for the Texas Rangers. They're now saying he's going to be out for at least four weeks, which, by the way, Kev, is half the season. And if he does come back this year, they're saying it's going to be as a reliever, right? To not put that stress behind that stuff. Yeah, he's got that stress behind the shoulder they talked about, you know. And now not only is half of his season compromised, and we talked about this for any kind of IL stint, they've also said that if he does come back, it's maybe going to be out of the pen so they can get actually some innings from him instead of, you know, risking this again they just invested money in this guy to be at the top of their rotation and now he might just you know pitch in the seventh if and when he comes back big blow for the rangers kev Uh, this is tough man and this is doubly tough uh next year he has an 18 million dollar club option um (laughs) this is the thing right this was one of the guys that we could see them potentially moving on from maybe a trade deadline piece I think that uh, now is completely squandered. Damaged goods. You know, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but how do you play this if you're the Rangers? Do you, do you, you know, at $18 million a year off of this injury, is Kluber worth it and you roll and, and you figure it out what's there? Or do you just let him go? I, I think this is, a, that, I mean, this is a, as unfortunate of a scenario as you can imagine for the Rangers after acqu- acquiring Corey Kluber. And I feel terrible for Kluber, who obviously was, you know, looking to get healthy and looking to get out there and, and try and contribute to some winning baseball. Probably felt like they had a much better chance considering the expanded playoffs and um, just a, a very, very tough spot for both sides. Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, this was their kind of prize signing. They were hoping to maybe make a splash with their new stadium opening this season to have an ace in those lovely powdered blue old school Texas Rangers unis that they are rocking. But, you know, The sun still comes up tomorrow, Kev, for everyone, including the Texas Rangers, and they've got a game tonight. Remember, this is a sprint, not a marathon today. Kyle Gibson will toe the slab for the Texas Rangers. It is Arizona who comes to town. 
Um, by the way, they were coming from San Diego, California, spiking Arizona base in Arizona, spiking them traveling across the Sun Belt to Texas, spiking. But in this game, the Texas Rangers with Kyle Gibson on the hill will be minus 112 favorites on the money line. A total of nine in this game. I've been intrigued with this new stadium. You knew the balls would fly out. You know, in Arlington, this one has a retractable roof. We are in the middle of a heat wave in this country as well. Are you looking at this offense? Are you looking at this total? What are you thinking about this game? Minus 112, the Rangers are favored tonight. Yeah, so I think the total is the point of intrigue with this game. Now, the Diamondbacks come in after their first game going over. Uh, the final three in that series against the Padres went under. Yeah, we're now at the point where you're going to kind of start to look at how these teams play. Were they playing under? Were they playing over? Obviously, you know, four-game sample size isn't massive. However, we've yet to see a game go over in the Rangers' new ballpark. That first game was a total of nine. It was one nothing. Then a 3-2 final with a total of eight and a half kept it under. And then even game three in that series against the Rockies saw a 5-2 final keep it under eight and a half. So far, Dane, that's been a pitcher's park. And the under has come home with some level of comfort in all three of those games. I think right now, especially if you've been someone who's been on this from the jump, looking for some consistency, keep playing unders at the globe. Uh, they've come home three straight times to start this season. Okay, we will keep our eye out on that. Maybe it is not as a uh, offensive park as some people maybe would have projected, especially as we know, the balls will fly when it is warm down there in Texas. If, of course, the roof is open. We've got a huge matchup tonight, a huge series starting tonight, Kev. We got the Houston Astros against the Los Angeles Dodgers, okay? This is, you know, prohibitive favorites. If you look at World Series exact matchup, this is like the third choice. We have the Houston Astros going against Walker Bueller getting his first start from the Dodgers. Listen, the Dodgers are minus 138 road favorites with Bueller on the hill. The Houston Astros, who, by the way, one of their bullpen arms, Ryan Presley, who we thought might have been in the running for the closer job. Ozuna is back, kind of beat him out for it. Presley is day-to-day, so that Astros bullpen is a little bit compromised. They're going to need every arm they can get going against this huge Dodgers lineup. Kev, how weird is it the Houston Astros are at home and there is a plus symbol next to their number? Yeah, look, it's not going to be something that we're going to see a ton. When a team as good as the Dodgers come in with this kind of pitching advantage, I'm excited to back the Dodgers in this game. Minus 136, Walker Bueller versus Valdez, especially to, listen, I know we've got to be careful with this stuff. You know, you keep betting against the streak and you find yourself broke by the end of it. This team just lost two games in a row. Now, I know they're not, you know, and they're no longer playing the Giants. That's a tough Astros team, three-and-one start. They've looked all right. Offense, the bats have looked very, very good for this team. But they're coming in against, uh, you know, Walker Bueller, who's going to be, without a doubt, the best pitcher they have faced since this season has gotten underway from them. And I think these Dodgers bats can wake up a bit here. I think overall playing the over, if you didn't want to back a side, is the way I would go. But I think minus 136 for this type of pitching advantage, I'm more than ready to back the Dodgers. All right. They do have young ace. He's got to be their ace of the staff now with Clayton Kershaw 
kind of on the IL. He was kind of surpassing Kershaw anyway in anything except name recognition. But Bueller getting out there first start. Not an easy assignment, but he is still favored to do so. The Dodgers are minus 136. I want to talk about another game real quick here, Kev, before we hit a break. The Cardinals are in Minnesota to take on the Twins today. Homer Bailey gets to start for the Twins, but I'm intrigued by Carlos Martinez. Kev, you know, we didn't know, will Martinez be out of the bullpen? Will he be a starter for this team? He toes the slab today. They are plus 110 in Minnesota. Minnesota, we know about the bats in that lineup. Do you think they go off? Do you think they could go yaya against Carlos Martinez? I see one of the highest totals on the board, 10 as a total. You don't usually see that, uh, but that is the case here when the Minnesota Twins and the St. Louis Cardinals link up tonight. Yeah, look, here's the thing. So we talked about, right, the globe playing to the under so far in that. Yeah. Matchup. Here's the real interesting thing when it comes to the Twins. Now, all three of their games have gone over. More importantly, two of the three games, they hit the over by themselves. Mm -hmm. Carlos Martinez is walking in to a lion's den with this Twins lineup. We are going to be in a 60-game season, a lot of variance. But if you can yep. find yourself a trend and you can just hold on and try and ride it out, that might be some, some you know, the easiest way to play these games, right? So if we talk about games that are going to be held at the Rangers uh, ballpark, and you're just going to keep playing them unders, right? So far, it's been good to you. And if you've been playing Twins games over, so far, it's been really good to you. And I think that might just be the way to roll until it starts to go left. What about this Twins lineup is where you start to think, oh, they're not going to look great. I mean, think about the opener, right? That total's like eight and a half because it was Berrios versus Giolito. I mean, they right. tanked Giolito, right? But, you know, Carlos Martinez is also, you know, we don't even have those type of expectations for. First game in Minnesota as well. There's a reason why that total of 10 also is a company with minus 120 juice. Ten and a half, I bet, shows its head, Dane, before that game sees its first pitch. All right, so we expect some runs. You actually think it'll move. So if you think it'll move, uh, definitely get in on it now with the total at 10 right now. Also, to your point, Kev, the juice minus 120 to the over minus 102 to the under. That is another thing to look at here on the early line, right, Kev? When the juice is moving to those high levels above 120, when we see juice of minus 130, 135 and up and up, they are about to go to the half, right? In this case, what would be 10 and a half. So if you like that, um, if you like it, Get it now if you want the under because mm -hmm. it will continue to move. I think we got time for one more game here, Kev, and I want to make the point. You know, Kev, I was high on the Reds coming into this season. They're like one and three. Another team I was high on going into this, you know who I'm talking about, the Los Angeles Angels yeah, I know. of Anaheim. They are now one and three. The Oakland A's take care of them, three nothing. That offense with, you know, with the Angels, I thought was going to be big. You talked about it. You laughed. The other team is scoring runs, and it's only Mike Trout on the other side. Mm. I also want to note here, Kev, Andrelton Simmons, their shortstop, left the game yesterday with what looked like a nasty ankle injury. We don't know if he will be there. We'll wait for the full lineups to come out a little bit later on in the day. But these Angels, you know, do they get back? Kind of, do they get back at it? They do have a different opponent. It is Seattle. They get back home. You know, Seattle's supposed to be kind of 
last place in this division. They face Justice Sheffield, the kind of former Yankee farmhand. Um, do they flip it around? Can the Angels bats wake up now that they're home against Seattle? They are big-time favorites to do so, minus 194, at least here on the early line with our friends at FanDuel. Yeah, Dan, and I'm, and I'm curious if maybe you could provide me some added context as to you know the expectations for Sandoval or maybe the lack thereof of, of former Yankees prospect Justice Sheffield. But minus 194 is a big number to be lying. I understand the Mariners are not great. But look, they took a game off the Astros, and they had a lead uh, even in that closing game here. And there's not like there's a rest advantage, which, by the way, maybe we can talk about um next segment top of hour two just do you care about a rest advantage this early into the season um but mm. that's not the case here the only thing is and because this is we know this right Dane. sometimes the book they might get a phone call before the rest of us get the phone call <laughs> anthony rendon has to be making the debut and they have to be expecting angels money that's the right. only thing to me where i think then that this has to be this minus 195 price not to say that the angels shouldn't be favored but, you know, I didn't really have an ace to the staff. I don't think Justice Sheffield is meant to be looked at as a, you know, a complete punching bag no matter what. Like, he, no. you know, he's terrible. And I thought, you know, and I know the, the A's are good, right? But the Angels you know, overall didn't look great. Shahatani was terrible for the most part yeah. in that series, hitting and pitching. That's um, what I was going to say, yeah. I can see their bats waking up here. Uh, especially, right, if I'm not mistaken, Justice is a lefty. He is. Yes. Um, so if yes. Rendon is there, right, Trout going deep, could see it. But I can't lay that kind of price. I can't lay minus 195 for an Angels team that has gotten off to the start that they have. So how would you skin the cat? Because I do agree with you, right? Um, Rendon, if he does come back, and this would be when, the start of a new series, back at home, I hear you. I also wanted to ask you about Otani. Otani went 0-4 yesterday, but it was Monday. Okay, remember, we were wondering, would Otani hit mm. before and after the games he pitched? He doesn't like to do it, but the Angels were like, nah, we need it in this sprint, not a marathon, right? So he started, got rocked on Sunday, hits, but 0 for 4 on Monday. Maybe with that day removed from his start, he's a little bit better as well. I think the Angels are a team I still want to keep an eye on. We've also got Milwaukee and Pittsburgh going off tonight. Milwaukee is a road favorite at minus 150, another big-time total in that matchup. You know, we're seeing 10s on the board, Kev, which is a little bit ridiculous. You mentioned double headers. We have our first double header going off today as well, not because of COVID. You know, just a little rain, that's all. Normal injuries, normal weather continue to happen. We will talk about it all as we complete our number one, putting the fun in functional sports content and giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. Come on back after this. More Major League Baseball. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. And, Kev, before we were going to break, I mentioned 
kind of another game out there in the NL Central, Milwaukee and Pittsburgh. But we got Lindbaum and Holland on the mound. You actually thought it was real interesting last night. Is there any nuggets you're mining for to have any leans on this game? The Brewers are road minus 150 favorites on the money line. Total is 10 on the number. Yeah, so this was probably my favorite game uh, of the baseball season thus far. And maybe okay. it's because okay. it, it was the final piece of a parlay. Maybe, Dane. But it was also uh, because this game was a lot of fun to watch. The Pirates had uh, an early one nothing lead, but they only had one hit. It was a Moran homer. The Brewers tied it up. And at that point, you think this game's coming to a close. Yelich has the bases loaded. Doesn't make yeah. good on it. You're like, oh, boy. That is what it is. Then this guy Moran comes up, hits another home run. So the Pirates have two runs, two hits. They both belong to Moran homers. But then they actually get themselves a 5-1 lead going into the ninth. And lo and behold, the Brewers are able to send this thing in to extras. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is going to be pretty fun here. The one thing that I knew going into this um, extra innings, though, is we had not seen any game go past 10 yet. So when the Brewers came up without a run, I was like, oh, this is a disaster. And I'll tell you what, Dane. Now, this game ended up closing at 11, and the Brewers got this win. I'm not sure if this extra inning thing stays around. I know it's a bit gimmicky. (laughs) I myself have said I don't love it because I feel like the 19-inning games sometimes are special. I like waking up in the morning and finding out that that two teams went 20. But it's so far been effective. No game has gone past 11. There is now excitement in every single half inning with that guy on second. And baseball might be in love with it. And as far as an angle uh, on this game, I think the Brewers, after being down one nothing, after being down 5-1 and winning in extras, I think they take this momentum, minus 150 favorites. I know I'm not going out on a limb here, but I'd back them money line against this Pirates team to continue the momentum and get above 500. All right, there you have it. You're right. When we put that man on second base, it adds intrigue one way or the other. Absolutely. Mike Clevenger doesn't love it. Some do, some don't. Hmm. It'll be here for now. We will see. When we come back, our number two of the early line, we got more baseball to cover. The MLS's back tournament moves on, and players are starting to be like, nah, chill in the NFL. We'll talk about it in hour number two when we come back on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 